0: Good risings. I'm Jackie.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: And this is Grateful Grains. Happy Halloween. This week, we're looking at a few ways we can be everyday slayers. We're getting it started today without smarting trolls.
1: Believe it or not, we're in the midst of all-out psychological warfare every single day that we engage with media. We're constantly inundated by information specifically designed to alter or reinforce our perception. It happens in marketing, it happens in news, and it happens in politics. There are entire teams of people in every major industry, working vigorously to sort out how to make us believe what they'd like us to believe, and behave the way that they'd like us to behave they have many tools at their disposal, social media, headlines, news segments, and promotional campaigns, just to name a few. For the sake of today's conversation, we're calling these people responsible for developing manipulative information, trolls.
0: Dr. Claire Wardle, professor at Brown University School of Public Health, has been studying misinformation for the last 10 years before it became one of the most all-consuming topics of modern times. In her collaboration with TED-Ed, Dr. Wardle provides an example of a high-stakes election where nominees are likely to push false information to swing the election in their favor.
1: Dr. Wardle suggests that the task inevitably becomes inoculating people against false information before the election, to teach people how to be critically aware of the ulterior motives of people who are producing information. Dr. Wardle explains, In order to launch a successful disinformation campaign, you must use evocative and convincing content that will spread quickly and create confusion. It'll also help to take advantage of confirmation bias. People are intuitively more inclined to believe information that supports a worldview that they already have.
0: I can certainly think of at least one recent scenario where evocative and convincing content has been spread quickly and it's caused mass confusion. And because of confirmation bias, it's difficult to accept when we've been led astray, even when new details and facts are beginning to correct previous misconceptions and falsehoods. In fact, I can think of examples of this from both sides of the fence, and that's an important reality to accept. Everyone is using these tactics. That's why it's imperative that we remain aware of it so that we're not led astray in either direction.
1: Dr. Wardle provides an example. Many young voters are in favor of transitioning to renewable energy. So rather than trying to change their minds because that would be too difficult, the opposition may try to suppress the young voters themselves. In this scenario, Dr. Wardle advises young voters to consider how the opposition might go about doing such a thing. They might create fake user accounts to spread disinformation on popular social media platforms. They could even make an account that impersonates a trusted figure. From these accounts, the opposition could deliver highly shareable, engaging visual content, like memes, relating to the imminent election. They could direct people to vote via text, a webpage, or an app, none of which are viable voting platforms. And by the way, the idea isn't too far-fetched. An encrypted digital platform could actually seem like a safer way to vote for young people than the traditional ballot system. The opposition could even use these channels to tell young voters that voting day is one day later than it
0: actually is. Dr. Wardle goes on to say the opposition could pair this approach with a more emotion-driven one. How about vilifying the opposing candidate and appealing to the young voters' values? The opposition will share information that taps into people's sense of civic duty and makes them feel that the election depends on their sharing it as widely as possible. These fake accounts could circulate false accusations that the opposing candidate takes money from local, somehow corrupt renewable energy facilities or treats their staff poorly. These inflammatory claims could lead people to question their candidate's integrity as a leader and even initiate further conspiracy theories. After they've introduced these disinformation campaigns, their fake users could keep repeating them so they stick in people's minds. Even if these young voters don't turn out to vote for the opposition, they certainly won't be showing up to vote for their candidate.
1: Finally, media coverage would likely further spread the opposition's claims and give them perceived legitimacy simply because it's an enticing news story that holds viewers' attention through commercials. To ignite the flames even further, the opposition could contact a few local journalists asking whether these rumors are true and express their concerns. By the time an article comes out debunking the rumors, people's experiences of the truth will have become so warped that convincing them otherwise would be very difficult. Dr. Wardle finishes by saying, a disinformation campaign like this would pit citizens against one another and exploit their values and fears. You can't personally protect each individual from disinformation, but you can equip them with the insights you have and encourage them to pass these tools further along.
0: Again, this goes well beyond politics. Consider the motivation of major for-profit corporations. How might they manipulate information in order to convince the entire world to use their product? By tapping into our own powers of critical thought, we can outsmart these trolls. To know when we're being led astray is just one way we can be everyday slayers.
1: Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Good Risings, or you can find me at B McMuffin,
0: And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. We'll be back again tomorrow for day two of our week, Everyday Slayer. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today.